Phyllis is indeed very sorry that she can't be here this morning to share this sermon with you in person. She wrote it. I'm going to read it as she wrote it, speaking in the first person. It is the best time of year. It is the worst time of year. It is December. Everywhere lights go up. Parties continue late into the night. Every stage is filled with the dancing feet and countless productions of the Nutcracker. We'll be going to one this afternoon in which our granddaughter will be the Snow Queen. Candlelight Christmas concerts sing people into the holiday mood. Homes fill with the smells of freshly baked cookies. People we love hint of holiday secrets. Many of us sit at our computers reflecting on the year just past in holiday letters to go to distant friends. In the face of growing dark, we sing and dance and turn on all the lights. But even so, darkness closes in for many of us. The lengthening nights still hover on the edges of the light. Sadness turns into grief just when the world wants us to rejoice. This week, this country will remember those who died in Newtown a year ago on December 14th. Their families' wounds are still raw. Yet if all one does is read the local Newtown papers, in their calendar section you would imagine the holidays in full swing there. This weekend the annual Christmas tree lightings took place. The Newtown Historical Association conducted the 51st annual Holiday House Tour. The Sandy Hook Dance Company produced a show called The Magic of Christmas. This afternoon at 2, the annual Newtown Christmas Parade will take place. If the snow doesn't get there first. There are only hints of the agony that family and friends of the victims still suffer. The paper lists a few support groups. A one-sentence announcement states that a first anniversary memorial service will be held December 14th. It doesn't even mention the national memorial vigil that will be held here in Washington. That event will honor both the Sandy Hook dead and all of the recent victims of gun violence around the country. This scheduling of a major vigil at the Washington National Cathedral rather than in Newtown resulted in part because many in Newtown didn't want to be the center of publicity anymore. Most just wanted privacy. It has been a hard, hard year for those in any way affected by the shootings last December. We remember them this morning. We hold them in our hearts. We cannot easily compare grief, though some tragedies are clearly more soul-searing, more dramatic than others. What we do know is that tragedy visits all of us. When it comes, it challenges us. Some of us break. Some burdens are simply too great for anyone to carry, except the few truly great souls like Holocaust survivor and author Elie Wiesel, for example, 
Some of us are not strong enough to handle even the ordinary heartbreaks that are part of our human experience. God, the universe, does sometimes give us burdens too great to bear. Even while others find the strength find strength they didn't know they had. Some may grow stronger, more compassionate from grief. The great religions offer hope to the hopeless, offer spiritual paths to support us in times of trouble, offer us the possibility of finding meaning in our sufferings, in our suffering to cling to as we try desperately to hang on. Christmas itself offers light and love and hope during December's darkest days. But we must each find the path that works for us, that offers us a firm foundation. One that will stand when hurricanes blow and earthquakes shake the very ground we walk on. For me, that means a theology and a spiritual practice that are consistent with the awesome, but sometimes awful, world we live in. I find no hope, no hope, in an omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God who deliberately creates or allows terrible things to happen as part of some grand plan or who takes away a precious child because God wants the child's company in heaven. I cannot believe in or respect the kind of God that would have saved those children in Newtown if only their parents had said the right prayers, believed the right creeds. I find comfort, Phyllis wrote, in a powerful but broken and mysterious God, a life force that creates the grandeur of the skies, the miracles of life and intelligence, the spirit of love that connects all of us and endows us with empathy, compassion, and generosity, the source of beauty and awe. As I understand that God, and my understanding, like everyone's, is imperfect, some of that God's creations just don't work out. We are left with terrible flaws of character, mind, and body that allow accidents and injustice, even mass murders, to occur. That source of being did not, perhaps cannot, create beings who live forever. Disease and death are integral to this web of existence we inhabit, though for most they come all too soon. But my God is also present. He is also present, weeping, when a young man brings a, <clears throat> brings a gun to a school, present in the teachers in Sandy Hook, who offered their own lives to save innocent children. Present in the more than 60,000 people who sent teddy bears out of an impulse to comfort those now bereft, present in the tears of a nation. That God is present when someone is diagnosed with cancer, a child's hamster dies, a loved one ends a long struggle. Present in the blankets that members of our own caring committee give on our behalf, casseroles presented, lawns mowed, cards sent. My imperfect broken God doesn't seem to be much good at miraculous cures, but it surrounds us with love when we are at our most alone. It offers beauty and music to remind us that all is not lost, 
It restores our souls. Blue Christmas. We will all sometime face the birthdays, the anniversaries, Thanksgiving, Christmases, and New Year's with loss heavy on our hearts. Too often, the heartache actually occurred at one of those special times. I remember a relative son-in-law, dead of a heart attack, he had out chopping wood the day before Thanksgiving many years ago. My grandmother went into the hospital the day after Christmas one year and never came home. How many of you have similar memories? Even if the heartache didn't happen near an important holiday, These special times with special memories, these times when our loved ones are supposed to be with us, when we are supposed to be happy, bring our loss right back to us. And December is especially hard, as it is a whole month intended for celebrations with those we love. Yet are we not the lucky ones, the ones who have loved, the ones who've been loved, the ones who have cherished memories, have not those we loved brought out the best in us, made us laugh, brought out the child in us, helped us take risks, made us courageous, compassionate, dependable. And if we were not perfect, were we not at least better for having loved? If we have loved once, is there not hope that we will love again? Loss is a part of living, the bittersweet price of loving. We who have seen that we are connected with something grander than ourselves, we who have known a love that will not let us go, we also mourn, we also grieve, but we know that we are not alone. The holy walks with us everywhere we go, weeps with us, makes us laugh until one day joy comes again in the morning. Even for us then, even at this darkest time of year, Christmas can become light and love and hope as together we light the candles. Together we are surrounded by love. Together we find hope that we will see that light again. We feel that love again then we in turn will offer hope for others drowning in grief next Christmas, the year after, and beyond. And so we wish you each and every one not a Merry Christmas, not a Happy Holiday, but loving holidays, ones in which you love and are loved in return. May you be surrounded by love even in the bluest of blue Christmases. May you be, may memories of love get you through the long nights and bring you joy when the sun rises once again, for it will rise again. It always has. It always will. <laughs>